Real Cuff Radio is about to begin. Everybody loves a hero. I believe there's a hero in all of us. Welcome to Real Cuff Radio. This is Sandra, and today uh, Todd and Julie will be, we'll all be interviewing an international cook and the creator of Mexico in My Kitchen. She's also a blogger, has a YouTube channel. So, Julie, say hi. Hello. Todd will be with us shortly. And Nellie we, Martinez, we are so glad you're with us today. How are you today? So happy to join you. Really, really excited. Yes, well, we want to hear your whole story from how you got started. So we'll let you begin however you want to begin, and then we'll we'll, uh, we'll have some questions for you. Well, um, thank you very much for having me. I'm so happy to talk to you um, as a blogger. I just didn't mean it to be what it becomes today. I just wanted to have a place where I could write the recipes that I made at home for my son because we live in a world now that we didn't have when we were growing up. Now our kids have friends from other countries, from other cultures. The internet has made that possible. And Kids travel all over, and you don't know where are they going to end, who are they going to marry. When my son was, um, I think, like 11 or 12, I think when he was when he was 8 years old, I started thinking about that, and I was thinking of writing a book. And I think I just wrote down, like, two recipes, and I stopped there. And people at church sometimes ask me, when we had the potlucks, why don't you write a book of all your cooking? It's so good. But I was just too lazy. And then with the years, I belonged to a lot of cooking forums online. And I liked to participate, sharing recipes. And then I met a lady from my hometown that she has a blog. And we started uh, emailing recipes and pictures. Oh, I cook this today. And she said, oh, I cook this. And then she said, why don't you start a blog? And I and, and I was thinking, well, that could be an idea, but uh, my English is not as good. And I wanted to do it in English because even though my, my son speaks English and Spanish, uh, maybe he married someone that doesn't speak Spanish. So I wanted to have a kind of like universal language and English is a universal language. That's why I started writing the blog in English. And I, actually, I, I made it for him. And when I write a recipe, I try to explain the things like if I was talking to him so he could understand and recreate the recipe. So funny because now a lot of people send emails and say, my husband needs the food of his mom and now I'm cooking your recipes and he's so happy and or somebody say, my mom passed away and I never learned to cook. And now I'm learning through your blog. So I never thought that something that I start for my son is helping other sons and other daughters. So that makes me very happy. Who does all the videoing for you? Is that your your family, your son, your my, my son, my son does, does the video. Yeah, he, he is now 23 years old, so he helps me with that. That's excellent. The visual pictures of your recipes are so good. Yeah, it has been a learning process. At the beginning, I 
I still don't know how to use the camera. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, I have been learning little by little over the years because I realized that people paid a lot of attention to the food, the presentation and the quality of the picture. I, with the years, I've been trying to learn a little bit to make it, make people feel that they can make it. It's easy when I, that's what I like to post the step-by-step process most of the time uh, so people can see and follow along. And the final picture, I want them to feel that they are sitting on a table and looking at that plate. That's wonderful. Like a, like a table, like they are in their home and they are in their home with their one tortillas and their drink. So that's that's what I envision when I take a picture. I want them to feel that they can do it and that they can sit there and they can have the same meal at the table. So it's a long process. What What is your favorite recipe? My favorite recipe would be mole poblano. It's, it's a little complicated but because it has at, at least recipe that I made has like 17 ingredients. Some recipes have more. That's the one I learned from one of my aunts that lives in Veracruz. I like the process. It's like you're making chemistry when you are cooking and frying and toasting and grinding and then you fry it again and you let it simmer. A whole thing of ingredients, when you combine them, create something so tasty and so delicious that you can stink your finger there and lick it and it's so good. Uh, it's like it's like a, a reward when you all that labor, because it's a lot of labor and time to cook it. But when it finally does, you say, oh, my God, this is really worth it. <laughs> That's one of my favorite uh, meals to cook and to eat. Um, I find like uh, a little bit therapeutic to be cooking. It's like when you are also making bread, when I'm doing bread and kneading the dough, I think I'm not relaxing. That would be my favorite food. Your favorite, Melly, when my husband and I were looking at the other night, I had not showed him your website. I've been looking at it for months and months. And he said, mm-hmm. well, you haven't made anything like that. He was getting excited. He also was mm-hmm. born in San Diego, and his mother used to cook like that. And he mm-hmm. said, oh, when are you going to start cooking some of those things? So I think <laughs> I'm in trouble now. Yeah, and that, that's my my favorite food to cook. But you know what? For for everyday cooking, sometimes I find that the most the most comforting food for me is just to make a fresh made corn tortilla with some black beans that I just cook out of the pot and salsa. And that for me is like wow, heaven! It's, it's yeah, comfort food. So some some of the simplest meals that people still eat in the farms. Um, but for me, it's delicious. Maybe because I grew up with that and, and the farm with my grandma also, that was a very common fare to eat uh, fresh made tortillas, black beans, and uh, salsa, and sometimes cheese. And it was good, good food, whole food. Not, nothing processed or with a lot of fat or anything, because that is that misconception that everything we eat is fatty. But actually, no, it's, it's Mexican food is whole foods. It just takes maybe a little time to make some of them. 
recipes, but it's just whole foods. We don't cook too much from cans or from packages. You know, the problem with doing these shows about food is you're always hungry when you start <laughs> listening to the show. Um, but I wanted to tell you, well, first of all, because a lot of people that listen to the show and they'll go, well, what does this have to do with God? Well, one of the very first things that Jesus did, you know, the, the first thing he did when he returned to his disciples is he broke bread. But the mm-hmm. second thing you see him doing is cooking fish there on the shore mm-hmm. and calling them and saying, come on, come eat. You know, so mm-hmm. Jesus was a cook himself. But yeah. last, mm-hmm. last night about three in the morning, uh, I got a phone call, so I was woke up, and so I started praying about this show. And one thing I always tell my wife is food and music can get you in any door in the world. <laughs> I you never know? think about that. But, yeah, but it can. That's, that's I, I'm, over, yeah, I'm over in Russia, and I started oh talking, talking to them about their food. And you know what? Next thing, they're bringing me all the food over because people want to hear how much, you know, when, when someone's a good cook, they want to hear, Hey, that they're enjoying it. Mm-hmm. And it, and it just, it opens doors. So what I exactly. heard, what I heard for you was that you being a woman of God, he is going to put you with your food before Kings. So I took that as that, you know, nowadays, how would we interpret that? I basically is, um, He's going to put you before very important people, and your food is what is going to open that door. And mm-hmm. basically, and I don't know how you believe or whether, so whether you're a Baptist or a Catholic or, or, you know, it doesn't really matter. You know, he's telling you, pray, pray like Mary did, you know. And if you look in the book of Acts, you know, basically, Jesus told them, you wait until you're filled with the Spirit. And Jesus also said in the parable of Matthew, Matthew the 25th chapter, he said, there's going to be 10 virgins, and five of the virgins are going to have the oil, and five will not have the oil. And in, if you read the parable, you see what happens to the five that don't have the oil and what happens to the ones that have the oil. Well, the oil represents the Holy Spirit. So back, mm-hmm. we go back to Acts, where he was telling Mary and the disciples and all them to, to wait until the oil that represents the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and then you will be prepared to go before these kings and go before these, you know, important people with your food. So I'm just letting you know that God's launching you into something bigger than you ever thought of. You know, now that you say that, I remember at Sunday school one day, the pastor asked, if you were a part of the body of Jesus, what would you be? What part would you want it to be? And I say, I want to be a hand. And he say, why? Because I want to help. I want to teach. And I want to help. I want to help in anything I can do. And uh, I started to be a teacher. And I like to teach little children. And I got married and I had to leave that career because my husband's job moved him to different cities. And, but I always liked to teach. And so when I cook, when I write in my recipes in the blog, 
I try to explain in a way that people will learn that they will be able to do it. And and then a couple of weeks ago I realized that that that's that's my calling to teach, to teach if I'm teaching cooking. That's what I'm teaching, but I am also always tell the people, nurse your people, cook with real food, eat together, sit at the table, make it a uh, a moment just for you and your family. And um, now that you mentioned all that, that you were mentioning about acts, and it's like, I never, never related that to what I'm doing. But thank you for mentioning that. Well, another thing is, you know, just recently, I was asking God, how do I get closer to you? So in this vision, he gives me this piece of bread and says, give this to your wife. And he said two things. He said, union, and he said communion. And so my understanding was that, okay, so when when I have communion with my wife, you know, it, it basically brings in a union and then allows us to get closer. Well, but God's also saying when you get closer with your wife in union, you get closer to him. And then, you know, mm-hmm. I, I stuck it on Facebook and a couple of people put some things that were even better. And I can't remember exactly how to say it, so I'm not going to say that part right now. But so, you know, as you're teaching these, especially these, these children's, um, you know, younger generation girls growing up and, and, and like you said, and, and also saying, hey, how, you know, go to your table have uh, the food at your table with your family and, you know, the, the whole thing. I mean, that's just bringing them closer to God without even, you don't even have to say the name of Jesus. And, but you know what, they it comes through you. They're going to see it coming through you. They're going to realize there's more there. And then they're going to eventually ask you, why? You know, why are you like this? You know, why are you teaching us this? Yeah, I never connected all that to what I'm doing. But uh, thank you for bringing that up because I would really like to try to put more emphasis in it. Totally different question now. Because so most of the recipes are for about eight people, uh, when, when I cook things, and there's two of us here, we usually eat it maybe twice, but what do you say to freezing it in a really good container and bringing it out weeks later well there, there are many recipes that um can be frozen many of the stews can be frozen and what i do because uh we also have a small family and usually are there for c sometimes are for eight the recipes for eight people but uh free services servings um uh, i i use containers and i also use and divide it when i make it right away after it cools off i divide it in containers or, or i have one of those vacuum sealers machine where you vacuum seal the food that way it yeah. lasts longer it doesn't lose the flavor and uh, and then i use it for tacos or for gorditas as a stuffing for other things. So because you, you, be sure, you have to be sure you mark them because when they're in the freezer, they all look the same. But, yeah, but yeah, I, I really mark started. them. I, I, yeah, yeah, I, I have a, one of those 
permanent uh, markers and I uh, yes. know the date and write the, the name of what it is, is inside because it, once it goes inside the fridge, everything looks the same. <laughs> yes, it does. But I really found this was good and, and we're able to bring it out and just have a new meal a few, you know, a few days or even weeks or even into a month later. Yeah, it, it's almost a thing. It's almost a vicious taste even better when you reheat them like mole, like pozole, yeah, menudo, some stews, especially the ones that have uh, dry peppers, those ones taste even better after the next day. The flavors are enhanced when you reheat them. Well, that's interesting. Do you have a written cookbook? No. People have been asking me. Now they don't ask me as often, but about three or four years, I think almost every single day, someone will send me an email or a message in Facebook asking, and I think they will tire on me. <laughs> uh, I tried to contact a publishing agency once, and they say that they will get back to me, and they ne- never get back to me. And um, so I gave up, and then we moved from, we used to live in the Washington District, Washington, D.C. area, and we moved to Texas. So that was a big move for our family, and a big change of everything. So I forgot about that. I didn't think about the book anymore. Maybe with this interview, that there'll be someone that hears that will be encouraged to maybe contact you because <laughs> a written cookbook, Mexico in my kitchen, would be awesome. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I know people feel once in a time, somebody says, do you have a cookbook? I'm like, no, I don't have a cookbook. You can go to the blog. All the recipes are there. And I still have a lot more recipes that I have a big to-do list of recipes that I make at home. But they take some time for me to to write a recipe. It takes me a lot to write a recipe because I want to be sure that when somebody reads the recipe, understand all the instructions and is able to create it at the same weight. So that's that's what I am a little bit um, just low in that area. Julie, do you have a comment? Uh, the only thing I keep thinking is to go with the time. I don't know how the whole process would work, but I'm thinking since you like to teach, why not an online class? Uh, your son could be filming it. Uh, even live Facebook where people could call, you could say, hey, I'm going to do this recipe at, at uh, you know, Friday at 6 Central Time. And any of you all that would like to join, have these, have these products already. This is the recipe that we're going to do, and we're going to do it together. Yeah, hey, people have been asking me. Yeah, I, I got requests about that. Um, but they would like. Because, uh, you know, if you've got somebody in Sacramento, different places, they can't be where you're filming, but they can be where you're filming. You could do it together. So that's just something to ponder on. That's what I keep thinking on is online classes. Yeah, that's, that's it. a good idea. I, if that thing comes to mind, I've been thinking also about that, if people will be interested in, in that, because I know there are so many classes now going on, so many courses that people are taking about, about everything. Now there are courses for everything. Well, what about the... Even the movie, Julia, Julia, and mm-hmm. how she started blogging. 
And yeah, I, I'm, I haven't were, seen that movie, but I have I have heard that. It's oh, just well, a blogging that about that. But mm-hmm. if you're already blogging, you could even you could even start from right there in your blog. Hey, let me know who would be interested in in wanting to do this together, and just see the response that you're getting mm-hmm. that way. That's a good idea. Thank you. I appreciate it. Like a Facebook Live. Yeah, you've got a real big blog. You've got a number of followers. Yeah, well, it's going to be like uh, this December. It's going to be 10 years. The blog is going to be 10 years old. <laughs> it seems like yesterday, but it's, it's taking some time. Wow, that's yeah. every day? No, no. Some days I do uh, photo editing. I... There is uh, answer emails. A lot of people contact me. People contact me social media, Facebook, on Instagram, or um, by email. They answer questions about recipes or products, or where can they get the frying pan or the molcajete, uh, or why the tortillas. Like this week, somebody sent me a message like seven in the morning saying, "Please, when." When you have the time, call me. I need to know why my tortillas don't poof. <laughs> so it, 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 it takes some time. It takes time. I don't write every day. Uh, I do a little research. I have a large collection of books, Mexican cooking, a lot of vintage books from Mexico and Spanish. Um, so when I write a recipe, I try to add a little bit of background about the history of the recipe or about the town or the state where the recipe is done because I I know most of the people go straight to the recipe. But if somebody has the time and want to learn a, a little bit about Mexico, I always like to add a little bit of cultural background. So they take with them something besides the recipe. They say, oh, I learned something today. I learned that in Mexico is the number one producing of avocado in the world, that the major customer is the United States, or something like that. I read your avocado ice cream recipe the other day. It is mm. awesome. Uh, Todd began making some some with a, a no no sugar, like a with a, a sweetener, you know, a no calorie sweetener. Mm-hmm. For me, a few months mm-hmm. ago, and I, we put it in a little popsicle thing. So I look forward to that every time, and and we become. It's awesome. It's you would uh-huh. never know. Yes. You never told the kids exactly what it was. Yeah, yeah. In Mexico, we make also we make corn ice cream. Oh, that's we interesting. Can, yeah, yeah, we make corn ice cream too. Yeah, because yeah, we 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 try to cook with the things we have at home, and we have a lot of corn in Mexico. So that's one of the things. I don't know why that does is not coming to America that thing, but in Mexico there are places that you're gonna find uh, avocado ice cream and corn ice cream, and they are really especially the the corn one is sweet, really sweet. Is Todd still there? Oh, did you have anything else you wanted to say? Not really. Just listening to a very, very interesting show. You'll be amazed when you get on and and see all of her information and and the awards and international. And uh, she's uh, 
nationally, internationally acclaimed cook. And we're looking forward to Wayne and I doing an interview in Spanish. We look forward to that. Thanks for taking the time for our interview. And we believe this program will spice up your cooking. And we're going to put all of her addresses, her websites, and they'll give you a wealth of information. Thank you for listening. And that is a wrap for Real Cup. Thank you. Bye.